This is 100 Days of Dante, a podcast journey through Dante's divine comedy, one canto at a time. Join us online at 100daysofdante.com. Let's read together. Purgatorio 29 is about incomplete knowledge and the need for revelation. In this canto, and in the next, Dante the poet combines images from the classical, the biblical, and his contemporary world, but the pilgrim does not yet grasp them. Dante starts this canto by an ambiguous description of the mysterious woman across the stream who has just told him that he is above the storms of earth. He describes her with a line from Cavalcanti's erotic poem, which calls a cute willing shepherdess enamored. Now, we know that Dante is free from lust, because that's been burned away. This is a more exalted idea of romantic love, but even so, it does not show a clear understanding of the nature of love. As we go on, this word will refer to clearly heavenly love embodied in Beatrice. This woman, whose intentions seem unclear, is singing from the Psalms about sin. Blessed are they whose sin is covered. This is a little snapshot of what's been happening in the poem. An idealized passion for Beatrice has brought him to look upon his own sin. That has brought him to the earthly paradise with Virgil, the representative of the best merely human powers without grace. And with just that companionship, Dante's attracted to the woman, but he doesn't know if she's like a nymph moving from light to darkness or from darkness to light. Remember what the sun meant at the beginning of the Commedia. He's already told us that the shade under the trees is so thick that sunlight does not reach the ground that he stands on. The singing lady, later called Matilda, is the first of the female guides. Here, where human sinlessness is possible, the social leadership is female. Beatrice will take over in the following cantos. Remember, that at the beginning of the poem, it wasn't Jesus who came to save Dante, not directly. It was a committee of women bringing to mind the deep community inscribed on our bodies. A woman will represent the church, the bride of Christ. She walks, leading him. They do not reach the number of a hundred steps, a significant number of completeness in the Commedia. In other words, what is happening here is not yet complete. She leads him beside a bend in the stream so that he faces east, in the direction of worship, the orientation of the altars in churches all over Europe. She's already told him there can't be storms here, but he hasn't really absorbed the idea. He thinks it may be lightning when the light comes. Matilda points him to light and praise of God, which the pilgrim does not understand. He understands enough to rejoice in the beauty of the song of praise. Here, with a woman who is alone in literally the Garden of Eden, he's grieved by the sin of Eve. Specifically, he points to her rejection of the veil, which St. Paul identified as a sign of submission to authority among women. We are being prepared for revelation. Revelation always comes from authority. Our first contact with this is a thing that the pilgrim cannot interpret. Seven golden things that at first look like trees. This is a very biblical canto. Recall the gospel in which a blind man is cured by Jesus, but in two stages. At first, people look like trees walking around. Afterwards, Jesus completes the cure 
and the man sees clearly. The pilgrim is experiencing both sound and light, mingled senses that he says add to his confusion, but eventually he can understand that he's seeing seven candelabra that look like trees. As his vision becomes clearer, he sees that there are seven lamps like the seven in the book of Revelation, echoing both the seven spirits who stand before the throne of God and the seven gifts of the spirit that the church gleaned from Isaiah, wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety, and fear of the Lord. We have an infusion of grace, of divine enlightenment. It is accompanied by praise, the proper response to God's gift. Dante compares them to the moon, which shines by reflection in darkness. He still has no direct perception of the source of light, and Virgil can't help him to understand what he's seeing. As the procession moves, the pace of a bride down the aisle comes to the poet's mind. Again, the imagery comes from sexual love, and we must have in mind the marriage feast of the Lamb from the book of Revelation. It's a wedding. The consummation is not yet. Matilda urges him to look further. The brightness of the white garments of the elders should remind us of the transfiguration. We're at the top of a mountain, and this is a revelation to a man who, like Peter, does not understand the event. He looks at a reflection like a mirror on his left. Not the real thing. And he's looking on the side that signifies imperfection. The candelabra give forth the colors of the rainbow, signifying the covenant with all humanity made by God with Noah. They're ten paces wide, ten being the number of the commandments. Now he sees the number of processing elders, twenty-four, wearing white lilies. White we shall see is the color of faith, which is not yet sight, as we shall hear again when Dante defines faith in the Paradiso. Why are there twenty-four of them? St. Jerome used a modification of the Hebrew method of grouping the books of the Old Testament, which involved combining some books we separate, such as the Twelve Minor Prophets. Jerome counted one for each letter of the Hebrew alphabet, plus Ruth and Lamentations. These Old Testament figures are singing about the blessedness of a woman. It echoes the greeting of Gabriel to Mary, but also Deborah's song from the Old Testament, praising a woman, Jael, for her deed of war. Here, the victory rises from the power of beauty. Then we have four animals representing the four evangelists, already a standard iconographic trope for Dante. He uses the image from the apocalypse with six wings. Six is just short of the week, a number indicating incompleteness again. Dante does not yet know what they are. A chariot arrives drawn by a griffin, well understood by the critics as a representation of Christ. Note that this isn't Jesus, it's a dramatic representation in a kind of symbolic art called a mask. Each detail has significance. The griffin combines features of an eagle and a lion. The lion is associated with the tribe of Judah, the tribe of the ancestry of Jesus. He's white and red, pure and sacrificial. The lion aspect represents the humanity of Christ, as his humanity alone can suffer. The aspect of the eagle represents divinity, and the incorruptible golden wings reach up to heaven. The wings frame the color green in the rainbow. In the book of Revelation, an emerald rainbow surrounds Christ. If one takes the gems listed on the ceremonial breastplate of the ancient priests of Israel representing the tribes and matches them to the birth order of the ancestors of the tribes, emerald matches Judah. Green is also the color of hope, as we shall see, 
and the color of the eyes of Beatrice. Hope is the virtue by which one keeps one's eyes focused on the chief good one ought to pursue, whatever the worldly outcome. The chariot clearly has relations to Rome. Dante gives us a reference to various Roman heroes. In this Roman vehicle, the representative of the church will ride. The community of the church militant, the church on earth, is seated in Rome as far as Dante is concerned. Then the poet references the story of Phaeton, who drove the chariot of the sun disastrously, and it was hit by a thunderbolt from Jove in order to save the world from burning up. This is a chariot that is somehow better than that earthly sun, but we don't know how. Then we see three dancing women. One's a white lady. I mean, white, blank, marble, snow. She represents faith. Another lady is green, entirely green, representing faith. The third is red, representing charity. And they're all dancing. Then we have another four dancing ladies, all in crimson. The four Aristotelian virtues, prudence, justice, temperance, and fortitude. Prudence is seeing things accurately. One eye each for the past, the present, and the future. You need to know what things are in order to be just to anyone. What you need and what is excessive in order to be transparent. And you need to see what, it, what, ought, what you ought to endure difficulty for in order to practice fortitude. That's why prudence leads the dance. But stop for a moment to think of what this looks like. It's a light show with golden candles as big as trees, a lot of music, a couple of lines of identically dressed people marching, a bizarre animal purring a pulling a strange vehicle, and dancing women on either side of it. This is a parade. This is an Italian street party. We're going to get flowers thrown at the party in a minute. That really happens in Italian street processions. I've been there myself with flowers raining down on my head. This is symbolic and everything, but don't forget the music's really good and it's a party. He doesn't understand it maybe, but this is loads of fun for him. The evangelists were represented by the four strange animals with eyes all over them. Then come representatives of Luke and Paul, also New Testament writers carrying their iconographic symbols. The four of humble aspect are representing the writers of the universal epistles, Jude, James, Peter, and John. So we get three representations of John because he, wants, he wrote in three genres. Dante is trying to do some New Testament grouping here, the way that Jerome did with the Old Testament. Like the elders crowned with lilies, they wear flowers. These are red flowers, though. The charity enjoined by Christ succeeds to the faith that preceded his coming. They're roses already much associated with the Virgin Mary. So that they seem to have fire on their brows, that's associated with the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. No one explains this to Dante. He's just seeing the mask, hearing the music, watching the dancers. Then the whole parade stops. It's right in front of him. It's waiting for something. And it's something that is meant for Dante. Clearly, this is incomplete. Even if he has the texts, he does not yet have what he needs to understand them. He needs grace. That will come home to his heart in the next canto, where he finally meets the woman for whom he has gone to hell and back. He does not yet understand, but he will. Thank you for reading Dante's Divine Comedy with us. Continue the journey at 100daysofdante.com. 
100 Days of Dante is brought to you by the Baylor University Honors College with support from the Tory Honors College at Biola University, the Templeton Honors College at Eastern University, the University of Dallas, Whitworth University, and Gonzaga University in Florence.